Hello and welcome to the Digital Gold Dust podcast, co-hosted by designer Sammy Phillips and copywriter Lee Tierney. We're here to share those kindred conversations that are often missing in the world of business ownership. Stories of life as a soulful business owner, what it means to tell your story online as a sensitive soul, what makes great copy and design and all manner of shimmering stuff in between. Let's open today's pot of gold dust and dive into the episode. Hi, Sammy. Morning. We are back for another episode and another guest um, that we've got on the episode. We're very excited about this one. This is, we were joking when we, sort of joking, when we set up this guest podcast episode that this is going to be our celebrity guest of the season. (laughs) Because um, we are bringing Vicky Schilling, the wellness business mentor, on for a chat today. Um, and Vicky has been mentioned in probably every episode that we've done so <laughs> far. Think, yeah, flash. Yeah. <laughs> if you're only listening and you can't see the video for this, Vicky is blushing a little bit at that one. Um, so the theme of this season is being visible online and um as one of our now mutual clients and um, having formerly been a business community pal, and we're all still business pals anyway, um, who is massively visible online, which is why we're sort of joking that she's our celebrity guest, um, and tackles this issue day in, day out of visibility. Vicky was an absolute must-have guest for the podcast. So, Sammy, did you want to introduce Vicky before we, we say Vicky, come in and ha- say hello? <laughs> yes, I'll give a little introduction. Know Vicky's uh, bio quite well by now. Um, <laughs> so, in case any of our lovely listeners haven't come across Vicky, which is quite unlikely, I reckon, but just in case. Um, so, Vicky is a wellness business mentor, um, podcast host, and also author. Um she helps um, people like you to start and grow a successful wellness business. Her magic is being able to break down the practical and strategic parts of business building, which I think um, is massively needed, um, coupled with cultivating a mindset that supports those actions to get results. So they're the big ones, the practical, the mindset, getting some action. I think that is what we know you, Vicky, for. So um, her motto is strategy plus beliefs equals business prosperity. So welcome to the podcast, Vicky. Thank you so much. I feel very honoured to be your celebrity <laughs> guest. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we need that. So the theme is obviously visibility. Um, there's a lot of overlap for the three of us. Um, sort of personally professionally and with the digital gold dust podcast as a whole so none of us can stand seeing business owners investing in support or creating what we know is amazing stuff and then it never seeing the light of day that's a that's a bugbear for all three of us I think Um, and we're all collaborating in various ways to put a stop to this so um, Vicky you and I have been working on copy connect and I've been doing um, copywriting clinics on a fortnightly basis in your membership space now for almost two years I think I looked it up the other day um, which is crazy I don't know how that's gone and then Sammy I know you built Vicky's website you guys were working together for a while before that as well 
So there's, yeah. there's tons of overlap for us sort of on a professional thing. Um, there's also, and I saw this um, really good post on LinkedIn by a lady called Caroline Brown this week that made me think, ah, yes, that's another intersect for us. And she said, you can't stand out in the corporate world but if you don't stand out when you're self-employed, you aren't going to find clients. And that mm. was just perfect for our theme of visibility, all of the things that we're tapping into as individual practitioners and our background. We all came out of the corporate world and then had that, you know, that pun sucker punch realisation of, well, I had to blend in there now I have to stand out and be seen and Vicky I feel like this is probably something that you see your clients going through a lot I wondered if you wanted to talk on that for a minute yeah definitely I think that that transition from I never really thought of it in that way that idea that in corporate we we try and fit in and I think that's a societal thing particularly those of us who are brought up identifying as female and you know blend in be nice be likable don't ruffle people's feathers, don't stand out. And then it is a massive shift if you're moving or trying to move from a PAYE corporate job into working for yourself, where suddenly the message is, be yourself, be unique, be different, stand out, say things that are controversial, get noticed, get seen. It feels really, really unsafe to do all of those things. It goes against everything that we've been taught create safety and security for us to suddenly then leap mentally into being different and being seen as different or being seen full stop is safe and money making and profitable for you is is a huge leap and I think we should all show ourselves a bit more kindness and compassion that that is not as simple and easy for some people as it might be for others some people love that and they hated the corporate world and feel that that is great to to step off into and some people find that kind of shackles that need to be like really looked at compassionately and kindly to before we can shake them off and and step into working for ourselves yeah because it's a big shift isn't it from like being able to kind of stand behind a brand, a company face, you know, or there's there's many of you. So if there's a problem or if there's, you know, you've got you've got teams of people that can help or answer questions and and you're you're like a unit, um, to then sort of suddenly be like, oh no, it's it's just me. I I am I am the accounts team, I am the customer service team, I am this, I am that I'm at the front of everything, and there is no brand to suddenly kind of like step behind when you want to. That is a, a massive mental shift, which I think it's understandable a lot of people struggle with. Yeah, and I th I think a lot of people say to me, it feels like you're selling yourself, which, which you are in a different way. Like you say, when you're in a corporate, you're selling something else, like another entity, you can always hide behind it, ask a team member, it's, it's, it's not you. And somehow when you're working, particularly in services and you're working for your for yourself, that selling that visibility piece is feels like selling yourself and it therefore feels like more of a rejection if it doesn't work or if it doesn't land how you want or you don't get the reaction you want you don't get the sales that you want it feels like a personal attack and I think that shift as well into understanding that 
if you are working for yourself and promoting what you're doing and selling what you're doing, you're selling what you are doing and you're selling the outcome that you can help people get. You're not actually selling yourself. You you are selling your way of doing things, but it it never stops you being a wonderful, worthy human being in the world. If someone says, no, thank you very much, or they ignore your latest post or they aren't aren't buying what you've got to offer. So I think that kind of detachment needs to happen sometimes as well. Yeah, and that's, that's probably a bit harder for, I guess, maybe a lot of the people that are listening to this podcast that are, you know, soulful and more sensitive. And it is quite hard. I know I've certainly found it incredibly hard to, make that distinction have those boundaries between because you know you put as we know with a lot of clients we work with you know they put their heart and soul into what they do they care incredibly about their work and their clients and getting those outcomes for them and so it's almost counterintuitive isn't it to be like I'm really I'm really caring and putting my heart and soul but then I've got to suddenly step back and be like actually this yeah this isn't a reflective for reflection on me as a person it's a service and that's what it is. And it's, yeah, very hard to kind of. I think it's it's using the word and in there that it doesn't mean that you don't care and you're not a good, kind, altruistic person. If you are able to, to detach, you can still care deeply about whether you get your clients amazing results and transformation and change and the outcomes that they want and not take it personally if they don't like it, say no, won't pay, think you're too expensive, all the other things that seem to kind of um, give us whiplash about it. And I think it for me, with those mindset things, it always comes up, I talk about in my book about, it's like what that whack-a-mole game. Like, I think I've worked it out in one area and then it shows, it rears its ugly head in another. You know, you think you've sorted it out here and then it will show up in a different way. So I think it's something we're never as, as, caring people that want to do really really brilliantly well by our clients it never goes away we just have to find a way to keep showing up and keep being visible despite it Mm. yeah and I think that's something we can slip into isn't it of like thinking oh I've tackled that gremlin now I can move on and then when it pops up again you're like oh (laughs) it could be demoralizing but if you kind of know that that's you know to be expected and that's normal and you know most people are in the same boat as you as well um then I think it's probably easier to move through because then you're like okay well that's coming I've done I've got around it before we can do it again just got to keep moving um so Vicky you and I kind of started this visibility thing at the same sort of time and obviously we took different directions with it and I shied away from visibility whereas I would say you kind of embraced it a lot more so I wondered if you wanted to talk about your journey with visibility um because you know we both went through the health bloggers community that was how we met that's are we six six years ago now I think six and six and a bit um (laughs) you obviously carried on um doing some some of the work with the orchestra stuff that you were doing at the time where I went oh no I'm not going to do the nine to five anymore I'm going to do I'm going to do all these other things that obviously haven't material <laughs> materialized and I've carried on doing something else so I followed shiny object you were a lot more focused I would say um, and I know that was <laughs> something we talked about quite a lot <laughs> um, so would you talk to us a little bit about your own sort of visibility journey 
Yeah, I think so. When we met, I so 2016, I'd started a blog and I was working in corporate. I find it a bit weird calling it corporate. It was corporate, it was in the arts. So I always wonder if that even counts as corporate. But anyway, um, I was working in orchestral management and started my blog because I wanted to explore changing my diet, changing my lifestyle um, to help me with my irritable bowel syndrome, my IBS, which we all have experiences of and touched on um and I loved the writing and I knew part of that for me was exploring that was connecting with other people so I joined Instagram that year and it did feel like a complete like wow look all these people in here like I did not know I was in my little orchestral music bubble and suddenly was like look at these incredible people who are so visible like literally had hundreds of thousands of followers you know share looking at their recipes and their incredible you know food photography and they were retraining and leaving their corporate jobs to be health coaches and nutritionists and you know all these other amazing things and just being like I did not even know this was a thing and look at it in this tiny little thing in the, in the internet <laughs> on these on these little squares look at what these people are all doing so I think I definitely felt like that was the version that I needed to to go down and and to to follow so I definitely tried to like up my food photography I enjoyed the writing I enjoyed the blogging so I was very happy to do that but I think definitely what came with that was the thing that all my clients realize which is I'm you know I know where my limitations are or sometimes I didn't know where my limitations were and so I would be writing stuff which really shouldn't have been out on the internet it was not very responsible it was I'm eating this or I'm doing this or you should do this because I found it on the first page of Google and then slowly realized through the sort of Dunning-Kruger effect of oh actually I really don't really know what I'm talking about here and I need to stay in my own lane um, and so I definitely had those kind of realizations of where my scope of influence needed to stay um and noticing that actually on the whole in terms of visibility what the nicest thing was I was growing a community of people around me that I was connecting with other people that I would like and comment on their content and recipes and food and they would do the same back to me um, and visibility also for me looked like going to things in person, like actually meeting real life human beings. Um, this was way pre-pandemic, so it, that was perfectly normal and acceptable thing to do as well. Um, and actually meeting people in the flesh. So, yeah, I guess I grew it through social, was willing to grow it through social media, could see that that was possible. But I did it really gradually, really slowly. And still my growth, like if we say we've been doing this for six, seven years, like in terms of my Instagram, which is the kind of um, platform that I focused on most, it's been the growth of about a thousand people each year, which I, is not, you know, <laughs> not crazy trajectory. It's been very stubbornly consistent um, and gradual, but has been lovely in growing, growing a community for myself. And that absolutely ties into our, we have a whole philosophy of the slow and steady club and that's what we're talking about and it's about designing something that works for you mm. um yeah Sammy, I think that's Sammy I know you have stuff to add here about your relationship with Vicky and her visibility journey as well <laughs> yeah I mean if we're going back to the start I guess um my sort of entry point was through Instagram as well and I was kind of on that IBS journey of like sort of okay trying to sort this out and 
looking for other people that were going through the same thing and just that kind of yeah community feeling of you know oh here's an opportunity to actually connect and share experiences and um it was through the health bloggers community at the time one of their events I was like oh wow actually get to kind of see people in in person which was a big thing for me because obviously I turned up on my own and it was all just very like don't know who to talk to um and I remember coming to your Pinterest talk and and that followed on to a Pinterest challenge and then sort of yeah it's kind of weird like thinking now because I'm like I said to Lee straight away when we were saying about your episode and I was like Vicky's been part of my business world like forever (laughs) (laughs) ever since I had those kind of first seedlings of like I want to get out of the the corporate career which was also a creative career um and I guess just having so much in common like you say with kind of you know sharing the IBS and and us having kind of similar backgrounds in terms of being in the more creative sector. Um, and that journey kind of made it an obvious connection to make. And um, and we were joking about how you're known as the shilling in my house. <laughs> and uh, obviously we chat on Voxer quite a bit, or certainly when we were doing your website, there was a lot of messages going backwards and forwards. So my partner would always be like, it's the shilling hotline going on. <laughs> She's dialing in again. <laughs> The really interesting thing, listening to you say that about, so the health bloggers community, I think I must have pitched, again, it's a visibility piece. Like I must have pitched myself to Fab, who was running the health bloggers community to to do a talk at that event or to say, I'd love to present and get in front of people and, and teach them what I know. And you know, the really funny thing is when you're saying, then you went on to do my Pinterest challenge was that I'd printed off leaflets and asked to put them in all the goodie bags and everything. And I was utterly convinced nobody signed up to the challenge after I had done that. I stood up, I did, you know, when I was presenting, teaching and came away and was like, oh, I don't, I'm like, you know, no one, no one came into my world after that. And actually what you're telling me now is you came into my world. <laughs> We've carried on working ever since. So I think it's just that really real, real reassurance for anyone listening that sometimes people say to me, like, is it worth it? You know, is it worth going to do talks? Is it worth going to do a podcast like this? Is it worth, you know, like, oh, well, you know, it's not quite a room full of ideal clients or, you know, what happens if I don't make any money? What happens if I don't, you know, get a customer out of it? I literally just say yes to everybody. Like I just try and get in front of as many people as possible and be as visible as I can because I just never know where those connections are going to go. And as it happens with you, you know, you ended up, we ended up working together. You ended up supporting me massively and you continue to do so. And here we are doing this and goodness knows where it will go. So I think but people always see it linear like be visible get loads of customers and money no be visible and just be open to whatever comes your way afterwards yeah because also you don't know the people that are listening to you you don't know what journey they're on and obviously it was a good few years before I came to you for coaching because I wasn't ready to step out of that nine to five at that point and then when I kind of made the decision you know during covid (laughs) which was a great time like I can't do this anymore then you were the first person I called and was like, right, I'm ready. I've resigned. I've got three months. I want your help to like kind of get me into a place where, you know, and we know that that whole journey kind of took quite a turn, but it was a process I had to go through and it got me out of where I was and it got me into, okay, I know I definitely want to run my own thing. And so that's the thing is that obviously whatever you're saying is that might be landing with people, but it just, that they're just not at that point yet. But obviously you know 
you're on their radar so they can come back to you whether it's a year six months two months or two three years like it's it's I think like, that's such an important message for people to to have because I think quite a lot of us fear being visible means you're going to start working with people if that's what you want and I think actually sometimes people have a fear that if they start working with people they're going to let them down they're going to disappoint them that they're not going to get what they want out of it and actually one of the biggest realizations for me in the last year is it's actually not in my control when what I teach people and show people lands for them. Maybe it will be while we work together. Like maybe if well, while you and I had worked together, it would have all taken off and you'd have, you know, been booking clients and making loads of money and being like, great, six months with Vicky was fabulous. And I did this and transition, but you didn't at that point, like you say, there was a, there was a, journey there was an evolution there was a realization there was something that you really enjoyed in there that then took you on the path you're on now so I never get to decide which mm. part of the journey I am for people I I really hope because it's fun to see people get big ahas and lots of lovely fun outcomes that they want while we're together but it might not be for another few months or even years yeah and that's something we've been talking about on on the course that we've been running as well isn't it Vicky lots of people putting content out into the world and then going oh but it's not working and no one's engaging with it and we've been having to say a lot but is that true how do you know and it's it's not linear and easily attributable it's part of your mix and part of the whole journey um you're not you're probably never going to know which one of those things you put out actually managed to convert someone into coming and finally working with you. No, and I think when we bring it back to visibility, I think you're right. Like what we're seeing a lot and the biggest thing when we started that copy that connects course, which again, in the show notes, if anyone wants to go and check it out, um, was what's the big thing that stops you writing and being visible and showing up with your writing was engagement. I don't get anything back. I don't get that immediate hit. So I, I find that very difficult because I, I love just the process of writing and I couldn't really care less. And that's why I think the blog got as far as it did because I was very happy to just keep writing things for me, actually. Like it was a pro sort of journaling process, a uh, literally processing process for me of working out what was going on and how I thought and felt. And to be honest, still is really sometimes when I share my blogs, it's me processing stuff. But I get for some people, they need something back. So in terms of visibility, I'm always saying, okay, social media and certainly blogging and maybe even podcasting takes a while for people to finally build up that, that no like and trust, no resonate and trust with you to give back. So if you're not getting it here, but you feel like you need that to keep going, where can you go? Where can you go and be visible where you do get a bit of that hit? Is it a networking event? Is it a live conversation? Is it doing podcasts? You know, find somewhere where you get that little hit because you have to keep going. You've got to, you've got to keep going, whatever you're doing, you've got to keep putting yourself out there. Yeah. And that's the message you hear so often with so many people that, you know, say like for blogging, for example, I know somebody that, you know, was starting their business from scratch. They were in a foreign country, so they didn't have a network. They didn't have people they could go and sort of, you know, chat to, or can you introduce me to so-and-so they were kind of starting from a, from a clean slate and they started blogging and it was, you know, just twice a week, which is a lot for a lot of people. But she was like, no, I've got the time. I'm going to do it. And you can see like on her stats, it took, goes along, goes along, starts to creep up. And then all of a sudden 
it does start to actually make a big difference. And she was like, if I hadn't have had like the six months a year of just consistent blogging and not really getting anything, I wouldn't then be in a place where I'm actually getting consistent, you know, clients coming through my door because I've built up all that. And obviously, you know, with Google and the internet and, and all those kind of things that, that builds up over time. So it, it, but it's how many people drop out before they get to that six months year point where it's like, Oh, now I'm starting to feel like I'm getting somewhere. And it, it does take like trust and belief and stubbornness and all those things. And obviously I think, um, you know, you've got all those things that get in the way, like procrastination and that fear of rejection. I think that is really big, even if you're not aware of it, that that's what it is. I think that is what stops. I think the question that I ask, and I've just asked this in the Just Start Now community about something differently is that coaching question of what are you making it mean? When you put something out and you don't get an instant reaction or an instant sale, what are you making that mean? What is your brain telling you that means? And usually our brains are telling us, or our minds are telling us, I'm a failure. No one likes it. It's too expensive. No one wants to buy it. No one gets it. No one knows the value. You know, it goes off into a little spiral of all the things it's making it mean. So the follow-up coaching question is, and what else could be true? Is it they're reading it and really loving it and going away? Maybe they shared it with a friend. Maybe they're chewing it over and thinking about it and they'll come back later. Maybe they just loved it. They found it really helpful and they disappeared and they just didn't tell you. Like there's so many other things that it could mean in there. It doesn't mean they hate you. No one's listening. It's never going to work. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love what you were just saying about, um, you know, where you go then if if that's not working for you where else can you go and I think that ties in really nicely with your business archetypes and and kind of like a part of the podcast we wanted to talk about was how to craft a business around what is good for you and your version of visibility because obviously not all of us want to be on reels or doing the blogging or doing the social media you know there's all those different ways of doing it and obviously it can be quite hard when you're seeing lots of successful formulas of like this is how you do it um so tell us a bit about your business archetypes I developed this as part of my book um and it was a central chapter where actually my editor had said you to like give a little bit more like 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 go into a little bit more detail and actually I loved writing this chapter is definitely one of my favorites chapter five for anyone that's got the book um where I look at exactly this the the four particularly in the wellness industry the four different ways that I see people make brilliant profitable businesses but they don't all look like you you think they do I think this the classic archetype that everyone thinks everyone a successful wellness business in particular looks like and to be honest it crosses sectors as well is what I deemed the influencer Izzy which in hindsight, I wonder if I should have called her content creator Kathy or something along that line, because I know some people have a strict aversion to the word influencer because it's got lots of negative connotations. But the implication is still the same, which is we assume the only business model that works is one where you are highly visible and visible in the kind of classic sense of pumping out loads of content, streaming your life, going live all the time. Um, sharing every piece of nitty gritty and what you ate and where you're, um, you know, what you're wearing to bed and um, dancing on reels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And give, like give, give, give and be in that kind of basically getting to a point where you have hundreds of thousands of followers. Brands want to work with you and throw products at you and you can 
offer something out and it sells, you know, millions of it in a heartbeat. And that's the only way that we can make money. And that's one way we can. And that really suits a certain personality. Like some people love that in the classic cases, you know, people like Hazel Wallace from The Food Medic or Rupee from Doctor's Kitchen or, you know, those people that really made a huge name for themselves, producing a huge amount of content and being very visible. So what I see is people getting very burned out who that isn't a good fit for, and yet they think they have to produce the same amount of content in order to be successful like that. And actually the kind of, I wouldn't say the opposite, but one of the other business archetypes, the the most common one, actually, I think if people are honest with themselves, is what I call a bespoke Betty. So that is, yeah. That's it. Lots of Betty's in my community. Where actually, if you're a bespoke Betty, particularly if you're a, a health or wellness practitioner, what you want is a small business clinic. You want one-to-one clients. You want to have them coming through, flowing through really nicely. Um, lovely word of mouth referral working for you. Ideally, you've got a good website and you're getting found online. If people are Googling you, people come through there, which doesn't actually require any classic visibility. I say that in inverted commas in terms of like social media visibility. Um, it just helps just, just getting you found. Um, and yeah, you might do a bit of social media if you want to, but ultimately your inquiries, like I say, are coming in through your website, maybe a few strategic kind of speaking opportunities in a couple of, you know, really well positioned, you know, if you're talking about the menopause, you go in and speak at the WI or, you know, to speak to the late ladies golf club or, you know, like you do a few strategic bits like that, but ultimately your website's doing the legwork for you, a tiny bit of social media well-positioned speaking engagements and word of mouth and referrals people are like oh this is the person to go to and that doesn't require you to be visible in the same way as an influencer Izzy does so that for me is another kind of business model and that's a classic just one-to-one work ticks over works really well none of these other exciting businessy things that people get distracted by the other two that i um say is um i see working really well is what i call a responder rachel which is someone who does does do a little bit of everything i see some people saying i get bored with just doing one thing or just talking about one thing or only having one product so this is the kind of person i see um really morphing and 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 kind of keeping everything on their toes they grow a community and they're like oh i can see you need this i'm going to produce this course or i'll produce this digital booklet or i'm going to start running some retreats i'm going to try things out and sometimes that keeps working for them ongoing because they like the kind of variety and sometimes for any one of those other people, it might segue into the fourth archetype, which I call a signature Sally, which is at the point in your business where, and I don't suggest this for a beginner business, but for someone who's been doing things for a few years in any of the other three models, you get to the point where you're like, I've just got one product, one, usually kind of one to many, a membership or some a, a sort of larger group container. And that is your one thing that you, you're funneling everybody through and into. And that's how you make your money. You might do a bit of one-to-one at a higher level, but that's your signature offer. Um, so, yeah, those are the four different models I see working really well in the wellness sector. And they all require very different versions of visibility. Yeah. And I think it's like about sort of giving that permission slip to do business your own way, which is obviously what we talk about quite a lot and um I remember someone coming into your community I forget her name um 
who was talking about that from like more like an energetic perspective you know in terms of you know how it feels for you and if you are more introverted then you can still build a business on your terms and you don't have to just force yourself where you're kind of you know it's that difference between kind of stretchy at the edge of your comfort zone this is you know pushing me and and stretching me to like okay I'm in full like fight or flight mode and my nervous system is (laughs) on overload um so it's like finding that that nice nice spot and obviously there are as you say lots of different ways you can do that and it's kind of I think quite reassuring to be like oh yeah that does feel right for me and that is kind of how I want to work and it is my business and I can get to choose like it sounds silly but I think so so many of us kind of forget that at the beginning you know when you're trying to work everything out it's like no no I actually I actually get to choose how I want to do this I think that's the thing I hear most particularly and now I do run my how to market your wellness business without social media course that people say I should do social media. I know I have to, like, you know, people who are qualifying, who I speak to, they're just about to finish their course. Oh God, I really don't, like I'm building myself up to the fact I'm going to have to do social media. And I go, you don't have to, if you don't, if you really don't want to. I tend to try and get them to really get clear on, is it just a fear of visibility? Is it just that they are afraid of, you know, what Bob down the road might think or you know they're worried that they're going to get it wrong or you know is that what's holding them back and actually maybe they'd love it if they could let go of that or do they genuinely not want to build a a business around social media in which case let's find another way to do it let's find your version of visibility that's not social media so you're going to hear loads of myths in your line of work Vicky around showing up tell us what they are and let's smash through some of them yeah um the, you have to look a certain way and it has <laughs> to be perfect um and I mean this is talking from maybe even three girls here that have grown have been on social media through that real like wellness mm. beautiful bikini bodied buddha bowl blonde haired this is what wellness and health looks like. Yeah. And to be honest, versions for all of us, I'm sure the same for copywriters, web- website designers, anyone else listening in whatever profession they're in, that there's a certain, this is how it should look mm. version. Um, and actually we need to, I do feel like we are entering a bit of an era where being, just being you is the more important thing because there's a lot of people out there. It is getting busier. I don't like saying the market's saturated. It's not saturated because there's no one else like you. But if you keep trying to blend in and be the same as everybody else and and hold yourself back waiting for it to be perfect, you're not you're not going to get booked just like that quote you had at the beginning of the podcast. You know, we need we need it to not be perfect and not make you look the same as everybody else. You need to just own being you so that's definitely one myth um which I guess leads into another myth which is that you have to have all your shit together in order to be visible (laughs) um which is just so prevalent like I'll do it when I'll do it when I'm qualified do it when I've got this qualification or I'll do it when I've had my hair done or I'll do it when I know this or I'll do it when I've worked out what my niche is and I'll do it when no do it now just show up be you talk about what you're interested in be visible ask questions get curious and 
nobody has their shit together. Nobody knows exactly what they're doing. Nobody feels like they've absolutely nailed every single thing. They still just show up anyway. The ones that are, you know, really visible. So yeah, have you do not have to have all your shit together to be in order to be visible. And the third one I feel is double-edged because I'm going to say the myth about showing up is that you have to be consistent. Otherwise there's no point showing up. <laughs> And this is tricky because I definitely preach that, you know, when people say, well, how much should I show up on social media? How much should I email? How often should I blog or whatever that visibility version is for them? I say, well, whatever you can do consistently. However, I don't, I would rather, and I think we came to this, didn't we, in our last copy that connects coolly. I would rather you put something out there and you got visible even for five minutes than you didn't, that you, than you weren't visible at all. I think what does Lucy Sheridan says reliability rather than consistency mm. you know be that reliable person that when you do show up you are a reliable presence you're you know have the same wonderful tone or the same sense of humor or you're talking about the same kind of things that interest people um I don't I think it's a myth that you have to always be consistent otherwise there's no point because what I see is people fall off the bandwagon totally oh I can be consistent with once every day they do that for a week and then they don't show up at all for three months and hide and they find it hard to get back on so I think we have to let let go of that yeah and I think that's one of the things we talked about with our course members wasn't it was are you conflating consistency with perfection um are you building this mental picture of I have to tick all of these boxes and if I don't tick them then I'm not being consistent therefore I failed therefore I might as well throw in the towel yeah and I think we're trying to show people best best practice like in an Mm. ideal world it would look like this but let's try and I think certainly when we were talking about the frequency of their emails and things like that we were saying you know set yourself a target in in what the worst week would look like or your worst month your busiest month you know if you think you can commit to doing it monthly can you just do six this year every other month and then see if you're that kind of person and then see if we can up it from there you know really set the bar at a point where you you learn and you show yourself I'm the kind of person that shows up and is visible in my business even if it doesn't feel very frequent you're exercising that muscle yeah I think people also project as well what what other people think about that it's like oh they're you know is anyone actually missing you like not to say that you know people aren't taking note of when you're (laughs) sending a newsletter or posting but people's reactions probably more like oh lovely I haven't heard from her in a while that's really nice like it's nice to see her pop up in my feed or you know might go and search you out if they haven't heard from you in a while rather than like you know where's my newsletter it's not here she <laughs> told me it would be weekly and I haven't had one in three weeks and, yeah, exactly. and it's, like, it's difficult because at the same time you need to hold people want to hear from you they can't wait to hear from you they really love it you need to be consistent for them and then on the other hand we need to go look you're really not that important and you just need to show <laughs> that yeah. it's holding those two truths at the same time yeah exactly everyone's everyone's so busy probably worrying about their own consistency and showing up that yeah you're not going to keep tabs on what everybody's doing so no you're not and you're right if I think about the people whose mailing list I'm signed up to I don't think I ever think oh well that's not weekly or they haven't emailed in a long time I just go oh that's love that's great or oh, and, and often like good for you or that was a great email or, or oh, thank goodness I read that you know I don't I'm not analyzing their consistency at all so we need to yeah give ourselves a bit of grace yeah. and not necessarily show up on LinkedIn going sorry I wasn't here guys 
the apology the apologizing <laughs> to be honest I even remember that back in 2016 2017 there was this real like thing on Instagram of apologizing when you took a few days off and you just think this is ridiculous this has got to ridiculous proportions where we have to justify how we're spending our time when it's not staring at little squares or not writing emails or blogs or not showing up on our social media platform you don't owe anything to anyone if they're not paying if they're not paying customer who obviously you do owe an explanation to if you've disappeared off the face of the planet <laughs> don't need to explain yourself to anybody else no Absolutely so not. What are your top three tips for anyone that is struggling to get visible as a soulful business owner? Well, you know what my top one's going to be? It's going to be just start now. Like just... Hey, there it is. (laughs) Share something, share anything. And to be honest, I guess, Lee, you and I um, learned this from from blogging. Like, you know, it was just Mm. showing up and sharing what I thought was interesting, what I was eating that day, what I was learning, you know, just getting into the habit of just becoming someone who is visible, becoming someone who has an opinion and is willing to share it or created something and is proud and wants to get it out in the world. So just don't overanalyze it. Again, you can come and learn from people like me and Lee and lots of other people about best practice of what to share, but just share something for crying out loud. So top tip, just start now. Secondly, and I know I am amongst friends when I say this, think about the person you are trying to help that you are being visible for and create content, be visible for them, nobody else. Um, and I know Lee, you and I are very much on the same page. And I know Sammy from your you know, website designing, you know that that's really important as well. Like who is this website for? Who do you actually want to attract to it? What are they typing into Google? Like all of us know and I think that helps with visibility if you can just bring it back to who's the one person this is for that you really want to read or see this it takes all that other kind of noise out of things Mm. um and third tip goes back to what we were saying that like find your own version of visibility it doesn't have to be live streaming or dancing on social media what is visibility A, a client I just finished up working with actually was saying she's really pulled back from social media from you know doing free webinars and doing all the kind of classic things she's tried it all she's really had that just start now attitude to it she's given it all a go and she's just really pulled back and gone do you know what visibility for me right now looks like you know working with my cycle with the flow and actually maybe when I'm going to networking things going up and talking to someone saying hey here's my business card I'd really love to have a coffee and a chat with you and turning that into a customer or sharing something when it just feels really exciting and I've created something and look what I've done and that that is her current version of visibility that feels really good to her she's tried on she's done all the just start now hats on but she's doing what what works for her so I think test and experiment and find what visibility is for you yeah that's brilliant and remembering it's that building those genuine connections so as you say like thinking that it is that that one person not like there's like a a sea of thousands of people I'm talking to it's like just focus on that one person that that you know you want to have that conversation with and uh, and not think like it's just you know projecting to the internet can seem like really massive when it's like no there's just there's just a human on the other end of that square or that screen and with social media that is the point isn't it that's why I always say clues in the title people are there to be social they actually want to see you they don't want it to be perfect shiny beach body buddha bold person they want someone they can 
actually relate to and maybe that is relatable for some people but it's not for my audience um you know that they want to, to hear you and particularly I find with the audience that I serve and I'm sure both of you see this through their copy and through the content you help them curate is the kind of scienceiness of it like oh it needs to be like this and it needs to I need to sound clever and no you just need to connect with that person they just need to make you they need to feel when they come across you that you get them that's what's going to help them be ready to trust and buy from you yeah and I think there's that in feeding off what you've just said there's that there's that interesting thing with visibility actually most of our content is made about making them feel seen rather than us being seen that's a juicy one yeah that's it what what are you doing it for what are you sharing it for and actually your visibility is to help them it's so client focused it's so customer focused it's never about you and eyes on you it's about what can you create how can your visibility help someone else yeah and it's tapping into that mission that will get you over the uncomfortableness of starting the blog the podcast the whatever it is you know the social media is like actually my mission is 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 far greater than my bit of uncomfortability of of doing this yeah and uh, yeah in the kindest possible way can you get your ego out of the way yeah. it's not about you it's not yeah. about you like no it's not about how your hair looks or how your voice is and again honestly I've heard all sort of my wrinkles or my haven't had my hair done or this doesn't and I have to dress in a certain no it's about what comes out of your mouth and that person that you are trying to help that is the most important thing lovely so the question that we've been asking all of our guests um that just get such lovely answers what one thing do you want listeners to take away from this episode so if we started the phrase dear soulful business owner I wish you knew this how would you fill it I left this so that I would be inspired by the entire episode and now I've got hundreds of things I want to say I think what I want to say <laughs> is I, I wish you knew that being more you is what will actually make it all work. Perfect. Beautiful. Having that Thank lovely you. authenticity. Yeah. Yeah. Just being genuine and letting all that other stuff go. Yeah. That's it. Working out what's best for you and sticking with that, not worrying about what everybody else is doing or which other business model someone else is following. Do what's right for you show up as you and people will get that and relate to that the right people will get that and relate yeah to it. that's the important bit as well it's the right people it's not about the volume of people it's it's the connecting with the right people yeah and uh, if some people don't like it and don't want it that's okay you know yeah, someone else that is, yeah that's the point of visibility that does the vulnerability is not everyone will like it but that's okay that usually means that someone else will really really like it because they can really see you and get you yeah wonderful Oh, it's been such a joy to have you on the podcast. Lovely guest appearance. Thank you very much for having me. Love the chat. We will Thank pop. you so much, Vicky. It's in the show notes, obviously linked to your quiz and all that. Pop that in the show notes for anyone that wants to go and find out whether they're a bespoke Betty or a signature Sally. Yep. <laughs> Lovely. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful rest of your day. You, you too. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Digital Gold Dust podcast. We're sure you took away some shimmer from this one. 
We'd love it if you join our circle of subscribers. Do hit the subscribe button to keep up with our latest conversations. If you have thoughts to share about this topic or you'd like to get in touch with either of us about our work, you'll find our contact details in the show notes. If you love the podcast, you can get involved in the conversation using Anchor Voice Notes and you can help us to spread the word and continue the Kindred conversation by leaving a review. Until next time.